Who has broken a bone in their body? Broken a bone in their body. How, how many of you waited to go get it looked at? How many of you waited? Wow, this is ironic. All guys that waited to go, to go, to go take a look. Like guys are like, this is gonna heal. I'll set it back myself. Uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, um, I worked harder in the off season to to win the starting goalkeeper spot on the soccer team and. We got to the week before the season, and, and uh, during a practice, I took a shot off my left hand and uh, uh, bent it back, and um, uh, it hurt uh, at the time, and, 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 but I kept going with it. I mean, it, it, the sprain or just, just a little bit of something, it, it'll go away, right? It'll go away. And so uh, I think it happened Thursday or Friday, I think probably on a Friday in the weekend, and, and uh, it kind of felt better come Monday um, uh, practice, but then after taking shots in, in Monday's practice, started hurting again, and, and went through the whole week kind of like that, and then uh, on, uh, on Friday, we had our first game of the season. Before the season even started, this happened. And kind of put it off and, and, and put it off, but finally just was like, it, it keeps hurting. It keeps hurting. So went to the doctor, and, and lo and behold, had a, had a hairline fracture. The doctor said it's basically like you put a knife through your bone, that, that kind of break. And so six weeks, worked hard, earned the, earned, the, earned the starting spot. Six weeks was an eternity to a sophomore in high school put in this situation. An absolute eternity. Broke a bone. But what if I would have kept going? What if I had just put it off and be like, oh, it'll be all right. I'll get through the season. I'll fight through the season. I probably wouldn't have finished the season. I got to finish the season as it, as it were. Six week, weeks wasn't the full season. I got to finish the season, but I probably wouldn't have finished the season. And we've probably all done that. We've probably all been to where we've put off a sickness. We've put off a, a broken bone. We've put off that cold, Right? Yeah, it's just a cold. Just a cold. Terry, you know nothing about that, right? <laughs> it's just a cold. Maybe you, you broke something when you were younger. You swept it under the rug, maybe literally or figuratively. And I don't want anybody to find out, especially my mom. That was her thing. That was her vase. That was her cookie jar. That was her dish. That was her... <laughs> and you try to hide it and not fix it. I see parents giving some eyes here. I don't know what's going on. But if we hide it, don't fix it, it never gets fixed. We're going deep here on you, okay? If you hide it and don't fix it, it never gets fixed. But what about our heart? What about a broken heart? Now, I, I'm not meaning like he dumped me, she dumped me. I'm not meaning that. I'm meaning that broken heart that we do to ourselves. Where it leaves us going, why do I do that again? Why do I go back there? Why do I keep doing 
that leaves us broken. Revive, we're treating Revive kind of like a mini-series, a series within a series. And, and, uh, and, and looking at people Jesus encountered. Jesus encountered the broken. Everywhere he went, he encountered the broken, and he purposefully encountered the broken. The people that broke themselves in spots that they couldn't fix themselves. See, we can heal a broken wrist. We can heal a cold. We can go to the doctor, or we choose to go to the doctor or not. We can heal a broken vase. Maybe not glue it back together, but we can heal that situation. But what about the heart that we break? Because we try to heal it ourselves, we try to fix it ourselves, or we try to suppress it and we try to hide it, but it keeps coming back. And actually it's a danger to keep trying to suppress it and it keeps trying and keep trying to hide it because the more we do that, the more we don't feel the broken heart. And actually a broken heart is what gives what God gives us in order for us to be able to fix it. So we have a Jesus, we have a guy, we have a God that came and he hung out with people with broken hearts. He hung out with people who were broken and who broke themselves. In one story in particular that we're going to look at tonight, John chapter 8, the woman, some of you know this story as soon as I said it, the woman caught an adultery. We have a woman that's broken. A woman that's broken herself. A woman that has helped herself, that other people have helped her be broken. And Jesus' encounter with this woman is so intriguing. Just like the woman at the well, his, his encounter with this woman is so intriguing, so interesting. How he handled her, and how he treated her, and how he handled the whole situation. And how he handled the situation allows us to take a look into how we fix broken heart. Because until we fix it, it'll never be healed. So John chapter 8, we're going to throw the verses up on the screen or you can follow along on your smartphone or tablet. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat there and taught them. He, wherever he showed up, a crowd gathered because he gave healing and hope in the middle of all of, of, of this religiosity that gave no healing and hope. And a crowd showed up, and he began to teach them. And he was speaking, and as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. Caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses said to stone her. Those of you that grew up in the 70s, that's not what that means. Rocks, hitting her with rocks, that's what that means. What do you say? 
They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. What does somebody with a broken heart need? What do they need? What do the broken need? What they don't need is a hard nose. Broken don't need a hard nose. They don't need somebody that's going to rub their nose in their crap. That's what the religious people wanted to do. And not only that, they weren't just being a hard nose towards her and her sin. and We need to stone her. We need to kill her. But they were just using her. She'd already been used. They pulled her off the guy that, that was using her. Did you catch it? They caught her in the act of adultery. Drug her in front of Jesus in this crowd. Why? In order to trap him. These religious people, these hard nose. Just using this woman to get what they wanted. The broken don't need a hard nose. My hope for us here is that the broken don't find hard noses here. They find softness, that they find brokenness, because hard noses have never dealt with their own brokenness. Have never dealt with their own sin. This is what the religious leaders were doing. They, they never dealt with their own sin. They tried to hide it, and they tried to suppress it, and they tried to be good in order to, to look good. And look, we live in suburbia America in the Bible Belt where everybody looks good and everybody shows up to church to look good and everybody just wants to, wants to cover up their sin and their brokenness. But God gives us brokenness in order for Him to fix it. And if you're somebody that has never dealt with your brokenness, you have no other option but to be a hard nose. Because everybody else should treat sin the way you did. Just make yourself better. Just make yourself better. Make yourself let, look gooder. And do gooder. And look more suburban. In the Bible Belt. What the broken don't need is a hard nose. Somebody just to use people with sin to get their own way. See, that's what they got on to Jesus for. Why do you keep hanging around these sinners? And what Jesus said in Mark chapter 2, I hang around them because they're broke. I didn't come for, the, for those that are well. I came for those who are broken. Those who need healing. And why do I hang around sinners? Because... Everywhere there's sin, there's brokenness. And I came to heal that brokenness. So what did the broken need? 
But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. So here is this crowd and all of a sudden a commotion happens, a stir happens and all these religious leaders are, are making this scene and dragging this woman who was caught in the act of adultery. At best, she was able to grab the sheet that she, off the bed that she was ripped off of. At best. So in front of all these people, these religious leaders make it a humiliation out of this woman just to prove a point. What does Jesus do? Bends down, writes in the sand. Starts writing. If you go read commentaries and maybe study Bibles and stuff, there's, there's all these theories on what he was writing. I could care less. He's probably writing these guys are morons. That's what I would have been writing. Do you know what I think he was doing? I think he was distracting people. What broken people need is a distraction, a diversion. They need somebody to divert the attention off of them, not somebody that will shine the spotlight on them and their sin. See, what sin does is it produces brokenness. And when it produces brokenness, you already feel like the spotlight is shining on you. So the last thing you need is somebody else to shine a spotlight on you. You need a diversion. You need somebody to take the attention off of you and put it somewhere else. And that's what Jesus was doing. To keep the eyes of condemnation off of her. To keep the eyes of shame off of her. Keep the eyes of lust off of her. He bent down and he began to write in the sand. And for some of you here tonight, you need somebody to write in the sand for you. You need somebody to take the attention off of your life and your sin and your brokenness and, and, and do something else. So that people are staring at you. And here, as, as, as Jesus encounters broken people, He expects us to encounter broken people. He expects us to go to places that broken people are going to be. And He expects us to create diversions away from their brokenness. That religious people will want to point out, we divert them away from that. We want to be a safe people. A people where the spotlight is not on you. 
But as we said last night through the illustration of of the living water filling our cup, our spotlight is on Jesus who fills our cup so much that he overflows our life and he overflows the sin that causes brokenness. He wants to create a diversion so that the spotlight isn't on us and on our sin, but on him. And his power to heal our heart. But broken don't just need a diversion. They need something more. They, the religious leaders, kept demanding an answer. He's riding on the ground. He's trying to bring a diversion. And they're demanding an answer. Jesus, what do you say? Jesus, what do you think? Jesus, what should we do? They were trying to trap him, right? If he said stoner, the crowds, he wouldn't be so popular anymore, would he? But if he said don't, He'd be breaking God's law. And he's already said that he's God, so therefore he'd be breaking his own law. It's causing him not to be the Messiah. There's a lot of writing on this. Like the essence of who he is. It's writing on this. Give us an answer, Jesus. Right. Go ahead. Do it. The one who's never sinned, throw the first stone. He's forcing them to deal with their sin. Because they haven't dealt with their sin. They've only dealt it by suppressing. They've already only dealt with it by, by making themselves look better. He's forcing them to deal with their sin. And in the meantime, he's giving the broken something else that they need. Protection. The Lord is my strong tower. The Lord is my shield. The Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my protection. Broken need protection. The broken need somebody to look out for them and protect them because the religious people aren't going to do it. Because all they want to do is throw stones because they haven't dealt with their own sin. The brilliance of the answer is Jesus is protecting this woman while upholding the law. I think really what he's getting at is saying, those of you that stand there and can honestly say we shouldn't stone you, go right ahead. Have at it. Enjoy yourself. He's upholding the law and protecting 
the broken. Because unless the broken are protected, they will never heal. One of the foundations of youth ministry, one of the foundations of student ministries is to provide safety. Because there's no place that's safe. The halls of school isn't safe. Workplace isn't safe. Sometimes even home is not safe. It's to provide safety. It's to provide protection. Protection where I can be broken because I'm broken. And unless we provide protection, we will never, ever, ever see people be healed. We'll never see students be healed. Unless we can provide protection for our adults, we will never see adults healed from the hurt that is deep, deep, deep within their heart. Never. We want to be a safe people, a people you can bring your sin your baggage, your brokenness too, so that you can throw it up on us and we won't react. And we will start the healing process through the one who will heal. The broken doesn't just need protection. They need something else. When the, accuser, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one. Beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and asked the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them want to uh, condemn you? No, Lord, she said. No, son? No, Lord? Unless somebody can find a diversion, unless somebody can find protection, they can't find the Lord. God of this universe that created us, that created us in, our image, in His image and created us in order to have a relationship with Him and that, that, that the reason why He hung around broken people is because He knew that sin broke that relationship and because that relationship is broken, we cannot have the eternal life, the everlasting life, the abundant life that He wanted us to have. No, Lord. Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Hold on a minute, Jesus. Wait a minute. Time out, Jesus. Go and sin no more? Are you crazy? Are you crazy, Jesus? That's even rougher than the Pharisees. That's even rougher than the religious leaders. Go and sin no more? Are you setting this woman up to fail? Setting me up to fail? I'm broken. You know that I can't sin anymore or go on sin no more. You crazy? 
Jesus knew something that we didn't. Imagine that, right? Jesus knew something that we didn't. And probably that woman didn't even know, although she began to see a glimpse of it. She called him Lord. John 3.16 said, God to love the world that he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We know that verse. Do we know the next one? God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, not to condemn the world, not to throw stones at the world. The one who had the right to throw stones at sin came to not throw stones at sin. Rather, he came to save the world through him. What does save mean? What does save mean? Save means that we have sinned and we have broken our lives, that we have broken our hearts, that we have broken our hearts to an eternal relationship break with God. And save means that he wants to rid us of that problem. He wants to rid us of the sin that we put on ourselves in order to heal our hearts. And in order to give us an eternal relationship with Him, will we live with Him forever and ever and ever? But not only that, not only is it talking about heaven, but He wants to give us eternal life right now by pouring into our cup and let our cup bubble over with this living water so that the sin that breaks us leaves so that He can heal our hearts forever. But not only that, Paul figures this out. Paul figures out what Jesus is talking about here. That it's not just forgiveness. Quite often we stop at forgiveness. Forgiveness is, the, is just zeroing a debt. Forgiveness is just taking a debt and saying, I forgive it. There is no debt any longer. There is a debt that caused us to not have a relationship with God. Forgiveness means that he zeroes out that debt, but there's something more than that. 2 Corinthians 5.21, something I share here often. Paul says, For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. What other translations said, so that we can be the righteousness of Christ. He was not, he never sinned. We did. But what God did was take the sin off of us and put it on Christ and take the righteousness off of Christ and put it on us. So when we say, I believe in you, Jesus. I want your life, Jesus. I want to cleanse you. I want you to cleanse me, Jesus. I want you to heal me, Jesus. What God does is take that sin off of us put it on Jesus and take the right life, the perfect life, the holy life, the graceful life, the everything life that Jesus lived and put it onto us. So not only do we have a zero bank account, 
We have an infinite, unlimited righteousness bank account laying on our shoulders and in our heart. When he looks at this woman and says, go and sin no more, this is what Jesus is saying. I am putting on you a life you could not live, but now you can. But now you can. And it is only when we get tired of a broken heart and cry out to Jesus, save me, Lord, that we can actually find the forgiveness and the righteousness on our shoulders that he wants to give us. That's it. Broken hearts need healing. Need healing. And healing only comes through crying out, Save me, Lord. I'm tired of my broken heart. I'm tired of the sin that keeps breaking me. I'm tired of this. Will you heal me? Will you give me forgiveness? Will you give me the righteousness that you live, the right life that you live? Will you give me this? In that instant, the Holy Spirit cleanses us, just like the cup we talked about last night, to overflowing so that the unrighteousness flows out of us. And all that's left in us is purity. But I can't live a perfect life. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what's so amazing about grace? Is that through faith, even when we botch it, Time after time after time after time after time after time after time, God still looks at us and sees Jesus. Righteousness. Purity. Holiness. Perfection. Completion. Everything that Jesus was and still is. That's what God sees when he looks at us. Does that mean I can do whatever I want? Paul says in Romans 6, you don't understand grace if that's what the conclusion is. You don't understand grace. Because who would want to go do whatever we want after receiving complete forgiveness and complete righteousness to live the life of unbrokenness and of healing and of, 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 of abundant life? What does God want to do with our life? God wants to make our life complete. He wants to heal and make our life complete. That's it. And it takes us getting tired of our sin, the tired of, 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 of the, the brokenness on the inside where we know we're not right. We know we're right, not right with God. We know that, that, that if something happened, we would not live eternally with Him. We go, fix it. I'm tired of it. Fix it. 
And he cleanses us. And he gives us righteousness. God wants to make you whole. Complete. If I'm going to have everybody bow their heads and close their eyes. Again, we want to be a safe place so that you can be healed. Not because of anything we've done, not because of anything you've done, not because we're, we're trying harder or being gooder or anything like that. But because you cry out and say, I want Jesus to heal me. And I ask anybody right now, their heart is crying out, Jesus, heal me. Raise their hand and say, I am crying out, Jesus, heal me. Make me whole. Pray for me. For those of you that have cleansing, but something's not right right now. Utilize this time to ask God, cleanse me again. We're not talking heaven or hell here. We're just talking relationship stuff here. We're talking something's not quite right. You need it better. You need it fixed. But for others of us, we know people that are broken. We know people that are trying to hide it. We know people that are just trying to live the life and, 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 and be good and, and just trying to get by in the world, but they're broken. And they need a healer. They need Jesus. Maybe God brought somebody to your mind in that instant. Pray for them. Pray for them tonight. Pray for them tomorrow. Pray for them Monday. Pray for them Tuesday. Pray for them. Never give up praying for them until they find healing. Ask God, how should I talk to them? But if your heart is broken, you know your heart is broken, and God has never repaired that heart before, this time is for you to repair this heart. The only heart you have, the only heart you will ever be given but the heart that has the image of God implanted in it that he wants to love, that he does love, and he wants to heal. Repair this heart now. During this time of reflection, I'll be in the back. 
We do that so that you can go and you don't feel like anybody's looking at you. Even though nobody cares, in fact, people will be rejoicing that you are moving and acting. I'll be back there. There's nothing magical about talking to me. There's nothing magical about praying with me. But there's something about talking with somebody that helps solidify what you're doing. I'll be back there. For those of you that raised your hand and those of you that didn't, but you won healing for broken heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time. Lord, overcome. Overcome the desire to remain where we are so that people can be healed, so that people can 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 feel your living water fresh again. That they can know your presence in a real way. Make yourself known. Move people in the deep down in their heart so that they can find your healing. It's your name that I pray. Amen. Go and stand. And do business with God as He's leading you to.